0: This is Bolt Crew RPG with The Haunting. We're gonna start with a tiny skip about two days backwards in time. You're going to find Madeline in upstate New Hampshire. You've gotten a call from your mentor or Janet who is a Elder witch who runs a big cat rescue center. She helps rehabilitate the small number of them that are left in the state, along with a few other animals that are in slightly ill health. But she specializes in the big cats. She is a middle-aged woman in great health. Keeps her hair tied back constantly to keep it out of the way of the animals, and dresses almost constantly in very outdoors, very practical clothing to keep from having trouble. She's always tending the cats, hiking out in the forest. She has about as much interest in herbalism as she does in wildlife. And you have a feeling that if she did have a past life that she remembered, she would have been a park ranger for it. Her house is up in the woods at the end of a long gravel driveway, and all the various pens and outbuildings necessary to help manage the animals are scattered about it in the forest. Can you tell me how Madeline looks as she is coming up to the house?
1: Yeah, Madeline is in her, I would say, mid-30s. She had a late awakening, uh, was you know, kind of Catholic all her life. And uh, had an event where uh, she lost a family member. And after that, she had a very hard time really believing in the goodness of the uh, Judeo-Christian God. Uh, She kind of woke up to the idea of bad things happen to good people. And if God really was so morally just, that shouldn't be a thing. And she kind of was a, a bit... Lost for a while, and then through Janet, uh, connected with nature, which led to her uh, own personal spiritual awakening with the uh, new age concept of uh, being a witch. So, Maddie is you know kind of like a a string bean, physically speaking, she's um, not very tall, she's I would say 5'2, 5'3, very thin has a frizzy blonde hair that she's always trying to clip back out of her hair Um, is definitely in need of glasses, but she doesn't believe so. So she kind of does her squinting and says, it's fine. Brown eyes, uh, kind of tan skin, but it's an artificial tan. And aside from that, the way she would dress, I think she's very practical. So she would be uh, jeans and sweater jeans and t-shirt and hiking boots kind of gal. Uh, Very much so no nonsense when it comes to physical appearance. She's the kind of person that rolls out of bed, reaches into the closet for the first thing she finds, throws it on and walks out the door. Clothes are just a way to not get arrested for public nudity. Not anything that she really takes um, a lot of pleasure in picking out outfits or, you know, wearing makeup and jewelry. She's a very, you know, minimalist when it comes to her appearance.
0: Awesome. As you get up there pulling at the end of the long driveway, gravel crunching under the car, you can actually see Janet closing one of the doors to one of those chain link enclosures. There's a Lynx in there who looks a little bit, just a little bit out of it. It's got some, Kind of wrapping all over one of its legs. It looks like she's helping that one recover from some kind of a injury. She waves over at you as you get out of the car. Hey, Madeline, glad you can make it up here on short notice. Want to come inside? Yeah, absolutely. got some tea on.
1: Sure, and you know she'll kind of slam her car door closed, take a look at the links, and say, "Trapper." Yep. Ugh.
0: I, really I think we should do
1: something about this, but you know how the, you know, the legals go. Everything is all about the economy and not enough about the wildlife.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to catch this guy yet, but I'm hoping I'm going to see what I can do myself on it later. She holds up one hand and has a tiny bit of the fur from the links between her fingers. Might be able to f- track him down myself.
1: Wouldn't that be great? A little bit of just desserts, so to speak.
0: She nods, leads you inside. She's actually got some water almost boiling on the stove, pours it into the teapot, offers you some. It smells like a strong black tea today.
1: Oh, I needed that. Had a hard time getting up. And, you know, I don't like coffee, but at this point I'd take anything.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a drive for you too. I know.
1: Uh, so she'll sit down, grab the tea and just use it to kind of keep her hands warm as she inhales the scent and she'll take a couple sips before it's cool enough to do so. But she she just kind of like, you know, breathes into it, kind of tries to cool it down, takes a sip, decides it's too hot, but doesn't learn her lesson and tries to keep doing that for a while.
0: You want to honey, the hives have been pretty good this year.
1: Oh, I'll take some if you have it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. She pushes across a small honey pot. You know, she has some bees around. She keeps them near her garden as best she can.
1: So, Maddie's going to take a little bit of honey, put it in her tea, not even bother to stir it, and then uh, just kind of smell it just the, the smell of the raw honey. And f- being in Janet's house always feels so welcoming to her, the way she kind of wished her own parents were. You know, just living in nature and in the way that Maddie believes is right, the right way to live, you know, very down to earth, take what you need and always give something back sort of mentality. So she, you know, kind of takes a moment to just look at Janet as she goes about, you know, pouring the tea and, you know, moving around and kind of fantasizing that Janet was really her mother instead of the person (laughs) that actually is her mother. And then she says, so what's up? Uh, Why'd you call me over? Everything okay?
0: It's not a problem. It's better than that. It's an opportunity.
1: Ooh, what are we doing?
0: So I've been talking to some of our friends who are spirit talkers, dream speakers, you know? And they've been telling me about a legend of a forgotten glade from back in the colonial days, one of those... Prices of the settlers, kind of problems,
1: huh? A forgotten blade.
0: Now, what makes interesting? Now, what makes it more interesting is I think I found it on an old estate that's going up for auction soon.
1: Oh, so we have to get it out before it sells.
0: Exactly, but I want to make sure that it really is what we think it is. If Mm. so, they're going to help contribute to. We're going to get the whole thing out before any of the tech boys can realize what's going on or anyone who might not understand how to respect it.
1: Hmm. Okay. So you're thinking late night sneaking mission.
0: I mean, you choose your when I'll give you what information I've gotten places in a town called Auburn, which is a little bit East of Manchester out in the woods. Apparently they, a lot of the original blade got, Maybe the whole thing got chopped down when some rich fellow decided to build himself a big house on the hill kind of thing.
1: Of course. Isn't that how it goes?
0: Yeah. Place has been empty for a couple years, at least, maybe longer. And there's a bit of rumor that it could be haunted. About three years back, a group of teenagers had gone there. We don't know very much about the story, just that what we had been able to put together through their social media, all of them went missing. Five ki- five or six kids.
1: Huh, that doesn't bear well. All nah. these kids lost in the woods. Splashed
0: Ugh. on the newspaper for a bit. No one was able to find the owner to the house. And now it's up for auction because of the back taxes.
1: Huh. Okay. So tell me more about this item I'm looking for.
0: All right. So... My hope is that this house is actually on the sacred glade. If so, I'm thinking from the legends that this place is actually a node, one of the few sources of natural magic left in the world that we can get. And any chance of us finding an unclaimed node, that's a real important source of power, source of safety, and a good connection to the spirit worlds as well. But if it is haunted, That node will also be, well, food for anything that's haunting it. Might be some kind of a spirit, might be some kind of a ghost, might just be some wizard we haven't heard about who thinks that this is a nice out-of-the-way place to practice their craft. I don't know. Might even be werewolves if we're unlucky. They really like to have nodes when they can get a hold on them
1: don't wish that upon me are you kidding me i don't (laughs) is not how i want to spend an evening Hmm.
0: no no, but if it's something like that back out but if you can investigate safely and they haven't really done much to secure the place as far as i'm aware investigate you know got it
1: so i'm taking it we don't have any uh you know blueprints of the place it's just i'm gonna go in and find a knife and hope to not find danger
0: in the way basically i mean you want to see if it's a magic place or not we want to know whether or not it's special
1: Hmm. yeah i got
0: an address for you i know it's on a pretty large track of undeveloped land and it is going to be a little challenging to make sure we can get it instead of the developers putting up another complex she kind of sneers a little at that one
1: Yeah, Maddie kind of, you know, turns her nose up at it and shakes her head. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry, I'll handle it. Uh, hmm, you know, I got nothing on. I got nothing going on tonight. Might as well go tonight. Get it out of the way.
0: All right, just you know, take your time. Make whatever preparations you think are best, and be smart about it.
1: For if sure. there is
0: something interesting there, I want you coming back from it with a story instead of coming back from it short something.
1: Oh, don't worry. You know me. I can weasel my way in and out of any place. Don't worry. You can't get rid of me that easily. And with that, she pulls out her phone and she kind of, you know, thumbs around looking through her calendar and says, "Ooh, actually I forgot I had something tonight. Uh, two days from now, would that work for you?
0: I'm not in a rush. We have till the end of the month for the auction.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to pencil it in and um, just give me the address and I'll make sure it's done.
0: Yeah, she hands you an index card with her very loopy script on there with the address on it. You'd swear she just does calligraphy for fun or to mess with you. You don't know which at this point.
1: Uh, I swear one of these days I'm going to get you to rewrite my Book of Shadows. And with that, she takes a photo of the address and saves it on her phone and then just hands the card back.
0: She kind of shrugs and smiles. you got to get yourself your own scribe if you want something like that.
1: Huh? Yeah, you say it like they come so easily.
0: Maybe, but at this point, I think I've... Taught you enough that you could start to handle your own apprentice without too much trouble.
1: We'll save that topic for another day. I have a hard enough time just (laughs) getting out of bed and handling the day-to-day. Can you imagine me trying to teach somebody? It would be chaotic.
0: She laughs and refills her cup. (laughs) All right. Well, take it as you find best. I trust you on it.
1: You know it. Okay. Um... I'm going to go check out the cats out back and uh, then get to doing some shopping that I need to get done. You know, mouse food, for whatever reason, real pricey these days. I'm about to just set out my familiar and let him forage on grass. Do you think he'd mind?
0: I mean, come on. They like bird seed if all else fails. You can get that in like the 30-pound bags.
1: Yeah, you'd think so. Joseph's kind of picky. He, he'll spit out anything he doesn't like, and then it ends up on my floor. Or he'll get crafty and hide at places to be extra annoying, like my shoes. You ever find bird birdseed in your shoes? Not fun.
0: Point taken. Point taken. She holds up her hands. <laughs> do what you got to do.
1: Yeah. Well, that's my errand for the day. Get the young, small prince some of his premium pellet. And then head back to do a little bit of uh, research before I go into this house. I want to know as much about it as I can figure out. Maybe I'll get some aerial views on the internet to, you know, kind of get an idea of the size and try to figure out what supplies I'll bring with me.
0: All right. And she'll make some small talk with you and tell you all about the current set of animals she's got in rehabilitation right now. She still has a back, of course, your favorite pair of mountain lions who she just isn't able to reintroduce into the wild, unfortunately. They decided they liked their rehabilitation too much and were no longer suitable for setting free in the world.
1: Yeah, and I, I bet if Madeline had it her way, she would just take them home with her.
0: I can imagine. <laughs>
1: So after they uh, do the, the chit chat, Madeline gives, gets up. She kind of gives Janet a hug. Even though she respects her dearly, she still sees her as a maternal figure and sometimes forgets that she's not her actual mother. So she'll give her a tight hug and tell her, you know, just make sure you're faster than the cats. One wrong move. You know how that goes.
0: Don't worry about me. I talk to them politely and they still listen.
1: Yeah. As long as they still listen. And with that, she slides her phone into her back pocket and says, I'm going to get going. I'll text you the night of and um, anything interesting. I find if I have any reception, I'll take photos and bring them back for you. Great. Thank you. You got it.
0: All right. So you were going to head down there and in a couple, two days, what kind of things do you think you might do to prepare yourself for your little adventure? Hmm.
1: So for something like this, I imagine that she would want to be in peak mental shape. So she would probably spend time studying a couple spells just to be able to get in and out of places, you know, maybe kind of go over a couple things with her mouse familiar to make sure he's prepared for all the walking and jumping that he's going to have to do case something's locked, she's going to stick him under the door and expect him to be her eyes kind of thing. So she's going to butter him up a bit to make sure he really is in a good mood for that night. And she's going to look through her list of herbs and maybe get herself a fanny pack, which is normally where she would carry her mouse if you know she didn't have a pocket available, but she's going to put some herbs in the fanny pack, maybe a couple of uh, clear quartz crystals just in case. And um, let me think, what else would she take with her? If all else fails, an athame could be a stabbing implement. So she would take a, you know, something about the size of her palm with her and put it in the fanny pack. So basically crystals, herbs, an athame in the fanny pack, and just memorize a couple spells, make sure she's really got things down and make sure that she has herself in a good mental state and her familiar in a good physical and mental state so she can get the most out of her sneaking.
0: Yeah. Actually, you're... Joseph, remind you, hey, don't forget your hiking stick.
1: Ah, oh, okay. You know what? You're right. That'll do in a pinch. And she makes herself like a an actual n- list on her phone of things that she wants to make sure she's Getting at the very last minute. I got the hiking boots, hiking stick, athame, herbs, quartz, you, of course. Hmm. You think anything else is needed? Hat. A hat. Really? You Ugh. don't like
0: it when I'm crawling in your hair. I want to have a good view.
1: Fine, fine. Will a baseball cap do, or do you require something more fancy? That'll do. Okay. And she's going to dig through a drawer of things that she uses for her, you know, when she goes out hiking and she'll grab an old baseball cap for a team. She's never even known. She just picked it up at a garage sale and say, okay, hat, check, stick, check, herbs, check, crystal, check, stabbing, implement, check. And then she'll hold out her hand for Joseph and say, and my sidekick, if you will,
0: He runs up, up, up your hand, up your arm and scrabbles as quickly as he could, not catching his feet too much in your hair to sit on the brim of the hat where he's already gotten some nice, good, deep claw holds in from previous times riding on it. He doesn't dislodge too easily.
1: Mm -mm. Maybe next time I'll get an old shirt, pull out the pocket and sew it up there for you. You know, maybe sew a little tiny seat belt.
0: Sure. Or get a hat with a bigger brim.
1: Uh Now you're just asking for too much. And so it would that... look
0: great when you're doing the full witchy thing.
1: Oh, yeah, because that won't look, you know, suspicious at all. What would next? Black nail polish? Big gaudy necklace that hangs between my boobs? Maybe some silver dragon?
0: If a mouse could shrug. <laughs>
1: So she slaps on her fanny pack, grabs her hiking stick, and says, let's go before you change your mind and, you know, start picking
0: my outfit apart. All right. So it's not too horrible of a drive to get to the area. You haven't prepared any big magic in advance on yourself, but the bright side about That is, while you might not have any supernatural protection set up in advance, you also aren't going to be acting like a supernatural beacon to anything that might notice you set up magic in advance. So, you know, bit of column A, bit of column B. You're aiming to show up probably around sunset, given what you said? Yeah. All right. So it doesn't involve a bit of a winding path. You have to head on to... Route 101, which is your big thing between Manchester and the seacoast, off at the first exit from Manchester, and then around a bunch of roads, each of which gets a little more narrow and a little less taken care of than the one before, till you go down a dirt road a bit between two large stone pillars off of another dirt road, and then up a long winding path. It looks like this road actually might have been paved at one point in time, but so much of it's been reclaimed by the wilderness that the driveway is thoroughly forgotten. After a bit, the trees clear out and in front of you stands a wide two-story house you did look this up online on maps like you mentioned and the whole thing is shaped a bit like a u is somebody was imagining old european estates and got some delusions of grandeur feels like oh. there's big wide granite steps leading up from well what might be near a carriage house of some sorts Looks like it was converted to a garage 50 or 60 years ago and then forgotten about towards wide double doors. The whole thing is granite plated, which makes sense. You are in the granite state and somebody really wanted to show off. The windows look like they're intact, but there is no light inside. Mm. The main door in front of you is in the center of the U, roughly. So the whole thing is curving around and backwards with some kind of a central courtyardy area. The grass of the lawn is wild, tall. There are bits of tree sticking up from it or perhaps just untamed shrubbery. It, the forest hasn't reclaimed as much as you would think, but it does leave this stark open space between the tree line and the house itself. A space in which it feels very visible to be in. Mm -hmm. Above the sickle moon is shining weekly. It's a few days after the new moon, but it's not the best lighting for you. However, you did have the foresight to have at least a flashlight in your glove box.
1: Yeah, I imagine in her glove box, because of the type of things that she does, she would have, you know, the, you know, human equivalent of a, the disaster kit, you know, that every car has with the little first aid kit, with the band-aids and stuff, but behind it, she'd have like one of those crank, you know, um, flashlights that don't need batteries, etc. cetera. So she's going to grab that as she gets out of the car and she looks at this house and all she can think of is just fantasizing about a big old wrecking ball, just taking it down. And then the debris being cleared out and nature kind of taking back what it's rightfully belongs to itself. And, you know, she has a a bit of a history of, um, let's just say, botanical takeover. I don't even know what it would call it, like criminal botany, where she'll take uh, seeds of trees that she knows would naturally be in a certain place and she'll plant them and let them grow, even if it means eventually it'll, you know, The roots will tear down sewage pipes in a house and cost the owners thousands of dollars to repair until eventually they go bankrupt and the house has to go kind of thing. And it ends up being a condemned house. That's like her her idea of activism, just criminal botany. Let the roots of trees take back what belongs to them until a house is just too much money to upkeep then have the people move out. And eventually nobody wants to spend that kind of money to fix the house. And then nature takes it back. So she's kind of fantasizing about that at the moment. And she'll reach up and with her uh, pinky fingers, she'll put her pinky fingers around her mouse's ears, kind of like natural earmuffs and say, these fucking douche canoes. And then she kind of unplugs the mouse's ears. She doesn't like to curse in front of Joseph even though she knows he couldn't care less but she likes to think that she's a a proper woman of her age. So um with that she'll grab her flashlight, step out of the car, walk up to the front steps and say, "Well, we'll see what we've got. Are you ready?" and she'll start cranking her flashlight. "I'm ready." Now, can she tell just by standing here if there's any amount of natural magic that's overflowing? From this node.
0: Well, the best way for her to find that is, since you're focusing on paying attention, you might want to roll a perception plus awareness. Perception Difficulty is six. And awareness. Okay. All right. Well, as you close your eyes and taste the night, you can feel a bit of the dark. This almost fluttering against your sixth senses. This place feels far older than the stone that it was built with, in some ways. Can feel something quiet, something sleeping, can feel timelessness, longing, sorrow, anger. There's definitely been a lot to this place, and there is a quiet energy about it
1: mm, mm, when she feels that the hairs on her arms stand up a little bit and she says well joseph i can almost tell you right now it's not gonna be just you and i tonight something's definitely afoot i don't know what yet but just keep an eye out okay
0: you say that and you can feel the wind start to pick up a little bit the creaking of the branches and the trees grows a bit louder than it had been just with the normal sounds of night and you can see the boughs shake against the sky
1: she'll take that as you know a sign from the universe and she'll kind of nod as if she understood what the trees have said and she'll go up the those big steps and put her hands against the the two big wooden doors and she'll kind of feel them for a second before holding the the handles and starting to tug to see if they'll give
0: all right doors shake a little bit for a moment you're convinced that they might be locked but then they push inwards swollen on old hinges it's a loud creak and grind Like they could have used a good quart of oil on every hinge metal grinds on metal. And you can see inside it's a large foyer staircase that heads upwards and then splits in two going left and right doors going in both directions. If it wasn't for the fact that all the furniture was covered in cloth, this would feel a little bit like a movie set.
1: Mm. So she'll kind of look around, she'll turn her flashlight on and start kind of going over the corners of what she can see, just kind of orienting herself and say, well, let's see, she mentioned that there was an artifact. So we should probably mm, put ourselves in the minds of the rich. They would either have uh, it in a safe.
0: Uh, a node is more of a place and less of a thing that can move usually.
1: Mm, I thought you mentioned something about um, like a war era artifact that was in it.
0: No, it was taken. It was the house was taken from Um, the natives in the war.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Hmm, No problem. So she's going to kind of look around with the flashlight and see all the covered up furniture and kind of squint at it. Just because, you know, her eyesight and she's going to say to the mouse, well, this is not going to be spooky at all. Am I right? And she's going to kind of like shake a little as if, you know, pretending to be scared to see what the mouse does.
0: Hey, I'm riding up here.
1: (laughs) Well, your nails are sharp. Believe me, my scalp knows.
0: All right. All right. And then you can feel the wind shift within the room instead of just outside, cloth over old couches and chairs flutters for a moment. The door pushes itself the rest of the way open in this sudden outwards moving breeze against the wind and the windows rattle just a little bit. Hmm.
1: Madeline is going to kind of look around very quickly at every corner. Just, you know, she knows that This sudden gust of wind is not normal, especially in the direction that it's going. And she's kind of just shifting around very quickly, looking to the left, looking to the right, up and down, aiming her flashlight everywhere while still kind of cranking it. And um, then she's going to turn back to look at the doors, kind of half expecting them to just immediately slam shut.
0: Uh, I'll give you a perception and alertness. Roll this one against the seven. Okay. Okay, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) That may be the best roll I've ever had. All
0: right. Upwards, slightly upwards towards where the stairs split. You hear what voices that you didn't think you'd usually hear whispers like this, but you can tonight. Two distinct ones. One male, one female. The female voice. Will that do it? Do you think she'll leave? I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this again. You know what happens if we don't? We've got to convince her before we have to.
1: Ooh. Oh.
0: We can do it again. We can do it some more, but I don't want to keep doing. We're doing this. No more questions. He might hear.
1: Ooh. Okay. Hey. So she'll kind of stop in her tracks and just close her eyes, even though she's a little bit shaken up by the the gust. And she's just focusing and she hears that. And as soon as she hears the voices go quiet, she'll suddenly aim the flashlight as to where she felt the voices might have been. And she sees nothing there. So she squints really hard and then says, "Who's go- who's here? Come on. Show yourselves.
0: This could also be a good moment for Madeline to start using a little of her magic. With her spirit magic, she has the ability to see ghosts even when normal eyes could not.
1: Hmm. And how do I go about that?
0: All right. Well, mechanically, you're going to be rolling your Arate against four. It's a pretty light difficulty but I want to know what Madeline does to try to move her sight so she can see the other world as well.
1: Hmm.
0: Does she have a quick prayer that she likes or is there just one of those herbs in her pouch that she'll take a quick bite down on and let the flavor move her senses? Let's see.
1: Try to think of what she would do. So given that she's got her herb pouch, I think she's the type that would go the herb root. So she would kind of open her fanny pack and she has all her herbs in little individual um, satchels. And she kind of gives them a light squeeze to feel the texture. And she settles on one that feels pointy and she'll reach in and grab a star anise and then she'll look around, you know, with her flashlight for the other ones that kind of feel similar, you know, just general herb texture. And she'll pull out a yarrow and a single jasmine petal and she'll hold them in her hand and close her eyes. And I think that would be how she would kind of just mutter something under her breath and use the the life within the the, well, not the life since they're already dried, but the... Essence? The essence, that's right, of the spirit of what would be in these herbs to guide her. So you said I should roll my.
0: Arate.
1: Okay. So that's like yep. my magic, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah. That's your roll. That's your dice pool for basically all magic. Oh,
1: okay. And you said my difficulty is what? Four. Oh, okay. It,
0: sensory spells are really easy. The bigger the spell, the harder the difficulty.
1: Okay, so I got one success there.
0: That is enough to be able to activate your sight, your sight. You call upon the power of these herbs in your hands. This is a small enough thing that you don't have to actually re- consume them and use them up. And you can see the unseen right now up on the staircase, crouching half on half behind the railing are two figures. A man who might be about 25 years old, or might have been, would be a better way to put it. His throat looks like it's been violently ripped out, yet his voice wasn't affected by that in any way. He's dressed in business casual that looks like it's dated at least seven years. And a woman in a t-shirt and jeans who's had a similar treatment done to her throat. Her hair's been somewhat dyed by the blood, too. You can see the red stickiness stuck in her long auburn hair. Both of them have slightly, I'd say yellowish greenish glow to their eyes and their figures just look the slightest bit distorted as well mm. there's a mistiness about them too which reminds you that they are not of the same world as you they're probably quite insubstantial okay. and they're watching quietly he's perched one leg on the railing like he's considering jumping off and running somewhere she's behind it arms leaning on it slightly knelt down as though she was meaning to hide from you even though she didn't think you could see her but as your eyes focus on them there's a definite look of surprise and confusion that you're focusing on them and that you didn't then look away
1: okay so the first thing she's noticing is that these ghosts look to be relatively fresh just based on what they're wearing, which for whatever reason surprises her a little bit. She would have expected to see ye old timey war ghosts that you see on the History Channel sort of thing. And she sees them, looks a little confused for a second, and then says, hi, I my name's Maddie. I mean you're no harm. I can see you, I'm a witch, and I can I can understand what you're saying. I, I can see you want me out of this house. I need to know why. Would you come down and speak with me?
0: They exchange a quick glance with each other. Like, Since when did you? Did you I didn't. No. Goes quickly into whispers as they are utterly baffled. But because you had such a good role before, I'm going to say that you can basically hear them. Very confused along the lines of are witches even real? Are you sure you didn't try to manifest? No, I did not try to manifest.
1: Guys, I can Gets hear a little you.
0: grumpy. She's the girl smacks the man upside the head. No, seriously, I didn't.
1: Uh witches are real and I can hear you, you know. I, I did just say that. It's okay. I don't mean you guys any harm. Just please come down and,
0: and the talk man to looks and Um, But you're here, which means that if you don't stop being here, it's going to be our job to mean you a lot of harm. Why would you say that? It looks like he's about to try to say something and then starts to choke a little on his words. And then the woman just finishes, because that's the master's will. And you can hear the venom she's spitting in her words. We had... Five minutes, according to the terms, for you to leave once we began. And you can see that it seems to be taking a bit of an act of will for her even to say that much. You've used three of them.
1: Five minutes to kick me out before things get nasty? And now she's really focusing the light on the ghost. Not that it can make, you know, make her see them any better than she sees them. But she says, who is your master and why does he want me out?
0: She looks like she wants to say, she says, tries, to, man just finishes for her. He's like, we cannot say. Uh, since she's I'm going to give Madeline a intelligence and a cult role here. I'd call this one a seven. Okay, let's see. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. So given how young they are and how clearly they hate the word master being used, somebody probably bound them here or something bound them here, which means that they are in all likelihood stuck under whatever terms it was, which usually includes not explaining things very much to outsiders, the fact that they've argued with it at all means that they're not happy about it, but it doesn't give them a lot of options. So they're probably going to have to start reacting if you don't think of a good way to act on their predicament. Because unfortunately, magic is sometimes incredibly ruthless in its interpretations. And if someone says to them, Say, scare off anyone who comes here. You got five minutes or so. If that doesn't work, get rough on them and don't explain why. That would be what they were stuck with.
1: Mm, Okay. So she can see them kind of hesitating and trying to fight back some urge for something. And she's going to kind of stand her ground and say, look, I really do not mean you any harm. I'm here to investigate this place, but I have to warn you. If you give me any trouble, I'm going to give it to you back.
0: Oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh, no. If we get trouble, we have to start calling him. And he's not pleasant. Hmm.
1: I get what you're the saying.
0: Woman. Yeah. The but. woman is starting to seem really agitated. And the man's taking a couple steps back from her. Mm-hmm. Off to side. Apparently, this is an argument that's happened before. And... Both of them know how it went last time. (laughs) Mm,
1: Okay. I'm not here to take anything. I'm only here to look. I'm just investigating. Again, I don't want any trouble, but I have to be clear with you. If you give me trouble, I'll return it to you threefold.
0: They they look back at you. We can tell you what you found, and you found a place that you don't want to be, and no one else wants to be. And you can report that. And everything will be fine.
1: Unfortunately, that's not enough. I need to know the nature of this place. I need to know the nature of the magic here. And seeing as you two and apparently something else is manifesting here, I need to know why. What is keeping you here? What is keeping it here? And what are you feeding on?
0: Well, the answer might soon become you. And the two of them look at each other, nod, and quickly run up the staircases, half on foot, half almost floating above them in opposite directions and into opposite wings of the house. They don't know how to deal with someone who can actually interact back, it looks like. Or if they do, it's going to start getting weirder fast.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So she kind of looks left, looks right as they run up real quick and then just kind of disappear into the house. And she just keeps her her flashlight focused on where the mail went. And she kind of says to Joseph, Joseph, it's about to get ugly. You know, prepare yourself. All right. This isn't Joseph's
0: first rodeo. (laughs) Nope. He knows how to be careful and not get hit by things. <laughs> He's a mouse. Come on.
1: Yeah. Joseph's like, "This sounds like a whole lot of you problem."
0: <laughs> Just don't step on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not a chance. Are you kidding me? I'd never hear the end of it. Um and with that, I think she would head towards the path where the male ghost went.
0: All right. He, ran, he went left and up the stairs. Mm -hmm. so that's as good a way as any to go the staircase creaks with the sound of old wood not the sound of rotting wood just the sound of old wood as you head up and turn that way towards a long hallway that seems to curve and stretch probably towards the end of the house with doors bracketing it on both sides Most of the doors are closed. There's a couple ones that are halfway open. i say there's about nine rooms total, it looks like. One of the open doors is on the right-hand side on the inner part of the U. It's the closest one that's open, but there's another one, about three down on the left, that's open as well. Five doors on the left, four on the right. Five
1: left, four right.
0: Okay. And the area before this is just like this chunk of balcony overlooking the foyer that has a couple covered up chairs on it. There's some candelabras They actually look like they've been electrified with big old Edison bulbs in them, but uh, nothing's turned on. Obviously, there's an ancient push button light switch there. If you've ever seen those, just two round buttons, one above the other one sticking out one in Mm -hmm. feels like this place was probably done up with electricity back in the early 1900s and no one ever bothered to make it modern since then.
1: Okay. Hmm. I think uh, once she checks out the, the balcony area that overlooks the entrance, she's going to choose the the left side, start walking down the hallway and she immediately feels a little bit more guarded. Um, Hallways are kind of, Not an ideal situation for her. You know, there's not a lot of places to run. So she's already trying to think a couple steps ahead. Like if if things go down in the hallway, she's going to have to either, you know, teleport places or really rely on agility to duck and, you know, Evade flying furniture, et cetera, so that her mind's kind of like actively playing that out as she takes a couple steps forward, always with her flashlight aimed straight ahead. And she'll come upon the first door, which is the one on the right, and she'll kind of aim the flashlight at it and see what she can see inside.
0: All right. Inside this room is a, for ber- what looks like an abandoned, forgotten bedroom. There's a broken bed frame in there of old dresser. This is the first place where you've seen anything that looks like actual damage done to the house. Mm -hmm. Everything else has just been neglect in time, but this is actually a little bit of damage here. A smashed chair beside the bed, possibly one hitting the other, and a pair of large windows opening outwards into that garden area like courtyard area inside the U of the house itself one of the windows is slightly opened so there's a little bit of a breeze letting the late summer air in Mm, okay a moment of fresh air washes over you pushing aside the stuffiness of the house itself
1: Mm, okay she's gonna look in the room kind of study the furniture for a second And realize that the damage done to it isn't just wear and tear or just natural dilapidation, but rather something hit something here. And she's going to keep looking around and approach the window so she can see the courtyard since she couldn't see it from the front. She knows it's there, but she wants to see what life is out there that she can maybe use at a later time. So she's going to approach the open window while, you know, aiming the flashlight at it and say to Joseph, uh, just so you know, be aware of things that fly that go boom, boom. Okay.
0: All right. I'm going to give you another perception and awareness. I like what you specified you're looking for. So this one will be a difficulty seven again.
1: Two successes.
0: All right. I'll give you two bits of nice information then. The first is that you do notice and have a bit of a sinking feeling at first when your flashlight passes away from the building. There is a bit of a stone veranda that goes around the inside, beautifully carved railings, and then with a few staircases leading down into what was probably at one point in time, a well-tended garden, but looks like it has been repeatedly dug up. There are at least nine large holes down there. And when I say large, I mean, somebody could have been buried in them. There's actually that brief moment in your head that maybe somebody was when you notice a bit of flapping very old police tape on a wooden stake shoved into the ground out there. Near one of those holes, but the dirt itself does not look like it's been moved recently. As you train your flashlight further out, however, you do see the most beautiful thing you've seen here an ancient black walnut tree. You can tell with your understanding of herbology, I'm not going to add an extra roll there just by looking at it. The leaves are still there, and this tree is tall. This tree is taller than the house. If you hadn't came, up from the angle you did, you never would have seen it. It's beautiful. It's healthy. It's probably more than three feet thick, mm-hmm. almost like something out of the Sequoia forest, but a walnut. Okay.
1: Hmm, when she sees that tree, she feels something amazing. Like she, she looks at it and her jaw actually, you know, hangs for a second because she's absolutely mesmerized by it. And she feels an immediate kind of kinship to it. That sure, she would have gathered information and kind of run out of this house. But now that she sees this tree, knowing that, yeah, sure, it's a haunted house just isn't enough. Seeing the tree kind of gives her hope that this really is a place that holds magical power. And if it is, there's no way that she's you know, not getting this back to Janet. So she looks at the tree a couple seconds, then at the graves, and it kind of brings her back to the moment when she sees these nine large holes and the police tape the stake. And that gives her a very uneasy feeling, especially, you know, when she realizes that, sure, these could be the graves of two of the ghosts that she saw, but that means that there's an additional seven Possible ghost plus whatever the master is. So she closes the window, takes a step back, and just tries to digest the information for a moment.
0: Yeah. Joseph says to you, I think that's it.
1: I definitely think that's it. But did you see what was around it?
0: I don't have as good vision as you, mouse, remember?
1: Ugh, fine. There's really big holes. We're talking about body size holes,
0: like your body size holes.
1: Well, obviously. I said big holes.
0: Big means different things to
1: you. Well, nine people-sized holes. There's okay, police. okay. <laughs> they think, I think the two little friends up front are not the only ones that we're going to see tonight. Oh, no. And we- if that tree means what we both think it means, it means we have a very long night ahead of us.
0: Yeah, we sh- we probably should... Confirm it. You got magic to t- test it, right?
1: Hmm, how would I test that? With life?
0: Uh, prime magic would let you identify whether or not it has innate magical energy to it oh, on its no. own.
1: Not prime.
0: And that's what prime is there for. It tells you if there's magic, it lets you counter magic. It's really, really useful. It's a utility sphere. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. A utility sphere that has so many utilities. I can't understand them. <laughs> so would that be the same thing? Like the Arate?
0: It would It'd be the exact same role.
1: Okay. So four against four. Yeah. Difficulty four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that. Three successes.
0: Uh, two. You had two. a one. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. You pull out a few of your herbs again, sniff, hold them between your fingers, feel the texture the scent of them and refocus your breathing refocus yourself with a nice big breath in big breath out your ghost sight has already faded off a little bit because that doesn't always last for that long if you turn on too many different magic sights at once after all it can get headache inducing Mm -hmm. but as you do you can feel look at the tree and you feel that there is definite real power in that tree you can see Thanks to the fact that you do have life in fry magic, we're going to work them both in and see that that tree is healthy and vibrant and has a deep, quiet energy to it. An energy that feels like it's sleeping, that it hasn't been paying attention to for a long time, but could wake up again. That tree very likely is the node that Janet had mentioned to you. It is the remnants of that original grove, perhaps even. And while a node can be dormant, once it's woken up, which is a big, slow task, probably unsuitable for just doing on the fly and dealing with some ghosts, it could become a very useful resource, as well as a, you know, correct, a big connection to the sacred and to life. Nodes are often places where it's easiest for the worlds to cross. Where the gauntlet, the veil between them, is the thinnest.
1: Oh, oh boy!
0: So, so it, there's. It's
1: very good news, but also very bad news.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's great and awesome and terrible news all at once. <laughs> In the older meanings of those words, not just the new ones.
1: Yeah, I think she would feel like that. That roller coaster of emotions, like oh my gosh, Janet was right. This really is it. And then that immediate sinking feeling of, oh God, Janet was right. This is it. And there's already something here trying to claim it. And with that, she just kind of shakes her head and she has a moment of doubt whether she thinks that she can handle something like this. At first she thought it was, oh, just two ghosts, but now it's possibly nine plus the master. And they're kind of feeding off this node So she's feeling a little shaken up confidence-wise. And she has half a mind to just kind of run out and tell Janet. But then she knows that Janet would kind of be like, and you just ran out. So she kind of feels her her stomach rumble a little bit. And in the the silence of this abandoned house, it, it just seems to her that it echoes in her ears. Like the whole world heard her insecurity. And she says to Joseph, well, that's definitely what we're looking for, but that's definitely what they're feeding off of.
0: Better that than us.
1: For now, let's hope they're fat and happy and not, you know, hungry and angry that we're here trying to contest their resource. Wait,
0: wait, wait. I know this one. There's a little girl and she says, why not both? Ah,
1: yes. Unfortunately, we're not talking about tacos. We're talking about a node. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> well, I fed you pellets. I'm not feeding you my herbs. I told you to eat before we left, and she'll take a back step and start going back towards the hallway.
0: You probably want that don't hurt me rope on then, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.